Hi, welcome to the Meg Pearson podcast, Fertile at 40. I'm your host, Meg Pearson. After many health complications due to alcohol addiction and an eating disorder that ruled my world for close to 20 years, I was told I would never have children. At 38, I naturally and surprisingly fell pregnant and the transition from maiden to mother was wrought with love, grief, excitement, and healing. Becoming a mama was about far more than just soothing stitches and learning how to care for a tiny human. It was, and still is, a relearning of who I am and what I am truly capable of. After over two challenging years trying to conceive a second baby since, I gratefully and naturally conceived my second child just as I turned 41, after three losses and heaps of heartache. I am a doula in training, holistic chef, teacher of yoga, and a childbirth educator, and I am here to share my story because I know it's not just mine. Join me each week for unbiased convos with a no-bullshit approach to faith, infertility, conscious conception, and connected pregnancy, with birth stories, expert interviews, and personal anecdotes to help tell the story of creation. Welcome. Now let's do this. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Fertile at 40 podcast. So happy to have you guys here. Oh. So just so you know, I recorded this intro and this interview well before little Mr. Ozman entered the picture. We are a few weeks postpartum, a couple weeks postpartum now, um, and I'll be giving you guys an update on how things are going with our new baby very, very soon. But for now, I am working through these first very special weeks living in a cocoon. So this episode was pre-recorded. Now I have an amazing guest back on the show here. You may recall Taya Griffin was on the show way back in May for episode number 42. If you did not listen, please go back and have a listen to that episode now. She is such a light, such a wealth of information and, and her story about her personal breastfeeding journey was is it just an incredible one to hear? Um, so you're going to want to go back and listen to that. Now she is a IBC LC certified lactation and consultant. So today we're going to actually talk about a little bit more about what that actually means, what it means to to follow that track of certification, how it differs from other professionals that are working in the breastfeeding and chest feeding space. And then Taya is also going to share what she sees as the two main reasons for common issues that many of us breastfeeding um, parents see, things like blocked ducts, painful feeding, mastitis, giving up earlier than we had hoped. I, I That was my first experience with uh, breastfeeding Kobe back in 2019. Um, so I also talk a little bit about that in this episode here today. Now, if you want to hear about how things are going with me and Ozzy, you'll have to stay tuned for a future episode. I will be sharing a lot more about not only our birth story, but how things are going in an update in a future episode. But for now, I hope that you enjoy this part two conversation with my guest, Taya Griffin. One last thing before we get into the conversation, I want to remind you that this podcast provides general information and discussion about natural medicine, health, pregnancy, and childbirth-related subjects. The content here should not be taken as medical advice, and the content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult with your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Now, on with the show. Now, let's talk a little bit more about... You know, we we've talked that you said that you're you are an international board certified lactation consultant. Mouthful. Yeah, but really also, couldn't but, they have thought of a quicker way to say it? I mean, I guess you got the IBCLC, IBCLC but um, still it's a lot of letters. Yeah, um, really. 
it's a lot of letters and it represents a lot of work because it is, you know, you, you do a lot of study and you, you, you guys know a shit ton. So let's talk a little bit about what it actually means to be, what's the importance. Um, if someone's looking for breast breastfeeding support, you know, what's, what's important to know about the differences, you know, between someone that is IBC LC certified versus someone that maybe isn't. Mm-hmm. So you are going to have someone who, first of all, is likely to be very passionate about breastfeeding because they were willing to sit like a six hour exam and study and like be afraid they're going to fail and all those kinds of things. So first of all, it's that level of passion, right? And I mentioned that because, uh, you know, as a nurse in a hospital, you can actually take uh, the IBCLC course and uh, or the, yeah, like the required lactation education classes and take the exam, but actually never have latched a baby. But because you pricked uh, infant's heels to take blood, you were client facing with babies. So the passion is there, but then we also have to sometimes, especially if we are wanting, let's say we have an older baby uh, and we are, you know, we're, we're wanting to see a lactation consultant for older baby specific issues. You probably also want to look for someone who has had experience beyond the hospital setting. So passion being the first one. So everybody that helps you that's an IBCLC really is passionate about your your breastfeeding success and hopefully your own unique breastfeeding success because it looks very different to everybody. I've never really had one client who needs exactly the same thing as somebody else. And some people might say, I'm okay with using some formula. I do need eight hours of sleep. How do we make this work? And then other people that are like, I have these illnesses and cancers in my family. I want to exclusively breastfeed. I know this is the most protective for me. Um, But my path took me to the Newman breastfeeding clinic where again, I studied and then interned. And we needed, uh, on the pathway that I took, we needed 700 hours of clinic time. So I was able to do 500 hours at the internationally board certified, or at the, uh, sorry, IBC, it's the same, it's um, the International Breastfeeding Center. And then I became a La Leche League leader and guided moms via meetings and the phone in that way and got my additional hours. And then I took the exam you also need to have a healthcare background. So as you were saying, you know, your paths lead to your paths lead to your paths. If I hadn't taken my homeopathy degree, I would never have been able to take my IBCLC um, exam. So it very much was, uh, you know, just a a gradual step leading to exactly the right point that I, um, that I needed to be at. But the hours to, to get them, it's arduous. You need the lactation education. That's 90 hours. You now need an additional 90 hours of other specific education along with the health healthcare background. Um, and then again, you write this exam. Uh, you have to re- recertify every five years. Um, and that's a pain in the butt too, as you know, like having to resubmit and do all of that, but it's great because it keeps you on your toes. That's why I've taken all these additional certifications and it just grows your knowledge and you meet amazing people and practitioners and things like that. So, um, so yeah, so that's essentially the, the, the pathway. Um, it took me a full five years to do because I had children along the way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, certainly never let it stop me. It was, um, it's definitely the best thing I've done for well, sure. And it definitely doesn't get much more hands-on than, than breastfeeding your own children through that journey. So 
Yes, exactly. Not that I was like free from issues. I mean, I will say that even though I knew what I know, um, I still had countless block decks. I still had fears throughout, especially with my first, my second wasn't as bad because I was also breastfeeding my first. So I was like, well, if I feel I have low milk production, I can just kick the big one often. And the little one can just have the extra milk. But I feared, I took all the herbs. You asked me the herbs. Yeah, I like the goat's root. Yeah, the blessed thistle and fenugreek made me hungry, but I think that they increased my production. So took all the herbs. Um, and I also had these little goals. I'm like, I just want to get to three months. Okay, now I just want to get to four months. Oh, good. And then I was like, I just want to get to 18 months. And I'm like, oh, like all the rest is gravy basically. Um, so I had to kind of set my own little goals just to make sure that, um, that, uh, I felt like I was, you know, doing, um, that I wasn't going to make myself crazy, but that it was, um, that it was working for me and, and our our family, et cetera. So let's, let's talk a bit now about, about these challenges, these super common challenges that you yourself faced. I myself faced, you know, so many women that I talked to, I remember about less than a week after coming home from hospital with my daughter back in 2019, sitting on the sofa, my mother flew in from Canada and she walked in the front door. My friend was sitting beside me on the sofa. I was bawling my eyes out. I had blood dripping from my nipples. My, my, my five-day-old baby had blood from her mouth. She looked like a vampire. And, and it, was the, it was the most difficult time of my life. And I've been through a lot, but it was a difficult time. And, you know, and, and then it took me two more weeks to finally go and see someone. And there was no one around to see, but a pediatrician who did immediately say like, gosh, you're, you have mastitis, you're, you have a fever, you have all of the things. And I had to go on the whole antibiotic run. What, what, how can we prepare ourselves better? (laughs) I mean, mean, it's tricky, right? Because it's like, you've not done it. Your partner's not done it probably some of the people around you haven't done it. And then also the issue is, is that it's also that while you're doing this thing that you've never done, you also have to take care of a newborn baby. So often the feeding gets blamed for, well, because it's so hard, but it's also like, even if there was no feeding, you're still like, I had a a good friend of mine who had a double mastectomy uh, and she could therefore only formula feed her baby. Um, And she still found out at two months, I didn't see them at home because of COVID um, at two months, that baby had a tongue tie. That's why baby was only feeding very small amounts, very, very frequently. So gassy. So this, so if she had been breastfeeding, she, you know, would have been up against those same things. Uh, but it was so hard and, and there was no breastfeeding involved. So, so, but, but because we're breastfeeding, it's like, Oh, well, God, yeah. Like, why don't you just give a bottle? But it's like, that's not what it's, it's not what it is. It's, it's just all of this new motherhood and this, these demands and this tiredness and my bleeding from my vagina and, and I was cut open maybe. And like, there's just, it's just so crazy. So then there's the breastfeeding part. And what so many of my clients will tell me is that, you know what? I prepared so much for my birth. I took hypnobirthing. I took classes. I did this. And then I got a doula and I did this. And I spent so much time and I was preparing with my partner, but I did not give one single thought to what happened afterwards. And of course I highly encourage all the preparation for birth, how important, how empowering, how, no matter how it turns out, what an experience but it's a finite time. 
And then when we feed our babies, the World Health Organization speaks to exclusive feeding for the first six months of life and then to breastfeed to two years and beyond. So that's much longer than the finite time that, again, we are birthing for. So I have made it a priority to try to, you know, reach as many moms to teach them prenatal breastfeeding classes. And even when I do like complimentary um, introductions to breastfeeding that I used to do a lot more, like, you know, go to the beginning of fitness classes, or I talk to different clinics and things like this. um, I'd say, just please read the chapter on feeding at the end of the book, at the end of that little book that you bought, just read that, or just watch some videos. Here's a couple of videos. Here's some links, just think about it. Um, talk to your partner about what your intentions are with feeding. Um, if you were not breastfed and you feel like you do not have the support of your parents around you or your, your circle around you, then look outside of that and see if you could find a La Leche League group, even if it's online, uh, find your tribe of people that will say, oh yeah, no, I know that, oh, that six week growth spurt was really hard, but this is how you get through it etc etc um so preparing is important finding um finding a tribe is important and then also finding someone afterwards if if you need to to help you through sore nipples sore breasts blocked ducts mastitis low milk supply maybe even engorgement when the milk first comes in um and the list goes on there are so many so many things that do arise um obviously i see a lot more of it that I hope is out there in the community uh, because I see breastfeeding problems, but definitely get good help soon if that does happen. Yeah. And when those things do happen, is there, I mean, besides there being a physiological um, issues like a tongue tie or anything like that, what other steps can moms take to try to bypass having to deal with some of this stuff? I mean, I know for the, for me, I wasn't paying attention to how much I was feeding on one breast versus the other. And I realized that that was probably a problem. What other things like quick tips are really important for moms? Cause I know we're, we're, we're postpartum. We're not sleeping. We've just given birth. Our brains are mush. You know, I was like, drink water, feed baby, (laughs) drink coffee. Yeah. Please eat oatmeal. That was essentially my list. Um, I think there's two main things. Number one, the latch is the most important part for good breastfeeding. So we need to make sure that our baby is latching well, that they're not latching bullseye onto the nipple, but we're prioritizing them starting with their nose in line with the nipple and reaching up towards the breast, getting that lower areola into their mouth and breastfeeding, not nipple feeding. So the key really to success is the latch because it means no pain and it means good transfer. It means baby is getting ductular structure in their mouth and getting milk out. But the second piece, and it's the number one reason why most women give up on breastfeeding is they feel they do not have enough milk for their babies. And, um, uh, and so what can happen then is they will start to supplement as they start to supplement. It's a slippery, slippery slope to them now, uh, not having enough milk, even if they might've had it before. So the big piece I speak to also in my prenatal breastfeeding classes is being able to distinguish the difference between a suck, which is a baby getting no milk and a drink, 
which is a baby swallowing. Mm. Because if we can get a good latch and we can understand the difference between a suck and a drink, then we can understand whether our baby is actually getting anything from the breast and we can start to help them by adding a breast compression, by squeezing the breast, by switching sides and things like that. Um, so outside of getting good help, if something's going wrong, I think just focusing on those two pieces, um, will, will go a long way, uh, because it, they really are the key to success. Amazing. Amazing. Oh gosh. Hey, I could talk to you for, for, I know I could too. I was like, do we really have to finish? I know. Well, you know what we'll have to do is we'll have to do this again. We'll have to have you back on the show again for a third and a fourth time. And maybe I'll be calling you personally myself later on this year. as like a live, like uh session, like you'll have your baby. Yeah. I'll be fighting your baby. I mean, that would be a really cool podcast. I've never heard one like that. Yeah. Um, like, okay, do this. Is your baby drinking? Do I mean that could be really and then I get to see your baby. That'd be oh really my gosh. Cool. I love it. We'll we'll definitely do that. And what we'll, we'll we're hoping to spend some time up in Canada after this baby's born during my oh, nap. So we'll, yeah. <laughs> so so great. So before I let you go, can you let me know where people can find you if they want? I mean, you've been such a wealth of information. You've got so much more available out there. How can people reach you um, and, and connect to see what other offerings you have? So if you'd like to see mostly my puppy, you can find me on Instagram. It's Taya Griffin. <laughs> I don't do a lot of breastfeeding stuff there, but she's very cute. Um, I do sometimes announce if I'm talking at a breastfeeding conference or doing a, um, a free talk at a baby to- and toddler expo. So you can also find that. But mostly I'm at my website, tayagriffin.com, where you can find information about virtual visits. I've done virtual visits all over the place. Sometimes it gets a bit tricky with time zones, um, but I've supported people in Spain and London, the US, um, Australia. Uh, and then there are are on my resource section, some really great, um, pieces on latching, uh, even like how to slow or pace a bottle, how to improve, uh, yield while pumping, just little pieces like that. The information on the sleep, Dr. James McKenna sleep information. Um, I don't think I've put, uh, Catherine Detweiler's, uh, research on weaning, but maybe I will after we've spoken because it is so fascinating. Um, so yeah, just tayagriffin.com. Amazing. So, so cool. Thank you so much for this information. It's been so helpful. Selfishly, you're so welcome. (laughs) Selfishly, I'm so grateful we had this call and I'm so grateful for all of this information that I'll be able to share with all of our listeners. So until next time, enjoy enjoy the weekend. Thanks so much for listening. Please, if you would be so kind, I would be grateful if you could share, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Please follow the show over on Instagram at Fertile at 40 Podcast and share what you thought about this week's episode. Don't forget to tag us. For more info on today's show, please head on over to the podcast website at meganpearson.ca forward slash podcast. Until next time.